mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, the race is on for the 83rd Ohio House District, with the first announced Republican candidate for that seat being Army veteran and political newcomer, Ty Matthews. Also this morning in our community and business spotlight, more on the work of the Center for Corporate Engagement at Ohio Northern University, including an upcoming Manager's Essentials Certificate course being held at Romark. We'll get details. And happening around town with cooler weather on tap for the weekend, it's almost as if Mother Nature herself knew that it's time for the 36th annual Christmas in October Craft Show. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Thursday, October 5th, 2023. This was the very first thing that caught my eye on the newswire this morning as I uh, fire up the computer and I start to peruse all of the news of the day. This was the very first thing that jumped out at me. Prada, and this is a story that I never thought that we would ever report. Prada is helping to design the new astronaut moon suits for NASA. (laughs) Prada, the high fashion company was chosen to work on the moon suits by Axiom Space, a private company that was awarded the NASA contract last year to modernize its astronaut suits. The Prada spacesuits will be worn on NASA's Artemis III mission in 2025 when the U.S. will send astronauts to the moon for the first time since 1972. The mission will include the first female astronaut to land on the moon. So the new suits are being designed with both uh, men and women in mind. (laughs) The astronaut wears Prada. That's... Wow. Prada helping to uh, design the new NASA spacesuits. I wonder if that will kind of trickle down. They talk about all of the things that NASA created that became part of American culture. I remember when I was little and I learned that Tang, the breakfast drink, was originally a drink for astronauts on what the original moon missions. And uh, I thought, that is so cool. I wonder <laughs> what we will get in our everyday lives from, from Prada uh, that they will take from the moon suits and apply to... I- sure that we want to know but anyway did you hear about this uh president biden's dog commander the uh purebred uh, german shepherd commander no longer at the white house the two-year-old dog has a history of biting secret service agents and those working at the white house Uh, yesterday cnn reported the dog is no longer living at the white house not that he's no longer living (laughs) they they didn't put the dog down but uh, he is no longer at the White House. Uh, the president and first lady, the report says, are still deciding where the best place for him is. Um, I would imagine if you ask any of the Secret Service agents or other workers at the White House who have been bitten by Commander, they'd have a few ideas. Um, at least 11 reported incidents of Commander biting people. I don't know, if you or I owned a dog that had bitten 11 people... Th- that dog would be no more. I mean, let's let's be honest. I you know I'm a dog lover, an animal lover as much as anyone, but uh, eleven people uh, that that dog has bitten. Um, 
that's a problem dog right there. So interesting story there is no longer at the White House. Commander is gone. I just wonder why it took so long. Eleven people uh, had to be bitten before they decided, eh, maybe this isn't the best idea to have a commander at the White House. Anyway, um, this is kind of interesting from the uh, medical file. A, uh, an amazing technolo- technological breakthrough for women. Engineers at the University of Bristol have discovered a robot that could perform mammograms, basically. Now, this is an interesting robot. It is, <laughs> it is a five-fingered robot that could be used to detect breast cancer, it says. <laughs> so, so it's, it's like, a, like a robot hand that can uh, perform these exams. Uh, researchers <laughs> hope the robot could one day be used in pharmacies and shopping centers for on-the-go exams. Much like the way you can go into the pharmacy uh, or the pharmacy department at you know the big box stores, and you see one of those blood pressure machines, they are envisioning this as that. <laughs> a five-fingered robot to <laughs> examine. Now, I don't know if uh, too many women will go for that, you know, to be doing that right there in the middle of the store. <laughs> but uh, the uh, device has been tested on silicon breast implants uh, so far and must be tested on people of all shapes and sizes before it can be deemed fully effective. But a survey of 155 women found that 92% would be comfortable, at least as comfortable, if not more comfortable, with a robot uh, doing that exam as opposed to a uh, human being. So kind of interesting. Um, I just, I haven't seen this robot. I'd be curious as to exactly how it would work. Um, but anyway, speaking of uh, medical information, those little white cards documenting your COVID vaccination status are no more. They will no longer be distributed by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Those little white cards you got when you got your vaccination, no more. The uh, say At one point, uh, you needed to present your vaccination card, of course, to uh, attend certain theaters, gyms, restaurants, international border crossings. You had to present your card, your vaccination card. They will no longer be distributed by the CDC. They say it is n- they're not giving them out anymore and that anyone who wants a record of their immunizations moving forward should contact their local or state health department's immunization information system in order to get a complete copy of all vaccination records. It is also possible that your primary care physician might might be able to give you a card if you need one from the remaining stock. But once they're gone, they're gone. Is anybody upset about that? Is anyone going to miss those little white cards? I don't even know where my little white card is anymore. For a while, I had it. Um, and I just stuck it in my wallet and, but then I changed when I changed wallets, I got a new wallet and, uh, it was uh, one of the things that didn't make the cut into the new wallet. So I have no idea where it is now and I guess it doesn't really matter at this point. And, uh, lastly, 
Among the first things you need to know this morning, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day with Halloween right around the corner, CandyStore.com has released its annual survey of the most popular Halloween candies. Da-da-da! I always look forward to this because it's really interesting to see the differences regionally in what people consider to be the perfect Halloween candy. There are a few differences from last year. Tastes do change, apparently, from one year to the next. Hot tamales are now more popular than Skittles. Really? Hot tamales? More popular than Skittles? Um, let's see. It says, uh, this is keeping with the spicy trends seen in many new snacks and fast food offerings. Okay, so I guess we're on a spicy kick. Hot tamales, more popular than Skittles. Half of America's favorite Halloween candies are chocolatey. And the other half are fruity, they say. Uh, Let's see here. A couple of the uh, interesting ones among the uh, states. And, you know, every state has their favorites, so I won't go through all 50. But some that jumped out at me. In Utah, their favorite is candy corn. People in Utah are weird. (laughs) Utah's favorite is candy corn. I would have to go out on a limb and say that's probably the only state where candy corn is the favorite. Uh, It's Sour Patch Kids in New York, which I thought was kind of interesting. Sour Patch Kids. Uh, Tootsie Pops are tops in Tennessee. And in Ohio, we love our Blow Pops. That's the number one candy for Halloween, Blow Pops. Now you know. I guess you can uh, check out the complete list of top candies from state to state at their website, candystore.com. And I would imagine you can probably buy all of those at candystore.com as well, not coincidentally. There you go, some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Thursday morning started. WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather. Showers possible today with a high in the upper 70s. Showers possible tonight, a low in the mid-60s. The six-month grace period is over, and penalties for Ohio's new distracted driving law go into effect today. The first offense over the first two years will get the driver two points on their license and a $150 fine. Second offense is three points and a $250 fine. Third offense means four points and a $500 fine, but could also mean a 90-day driver's license suspension. If in a work zone, the fines are doubled. Lieutenant Brian McFarland of the Highway Patrol said the biggest thing they see people using their cell phone for is social media. Brett Worf, ONN News. Open Arms Domestic Violence and Rape Crisis Services in Finley is starting a new initiative. Executive Director Ashley Ritz. Open Arms is excited to share with our community that uh, we are launching a new program. It's called Mobile Advocacy. Our advocates will be reaching out to the rural communities and providing services to survivors that have barriers that are preventing them from accessing services. Ashley says some of those barriers include transportation, child care, fear, or simply not being aware of the services that Open Arms provides. Get more about this new mobile advocacy program in the story on our website. A Hancock County resident has announced he's running for the Ohio House of Representatives. Ty Matthews is seeking a Republican nomination in the 83rd Ohio House District in the 2024 primary. John Cross is currently the state rep for the 83rd District, which includes Hancock County, Hardin County, and portions of Logan County. Matthews says he'll bring to the state legislature a strong record of service and deep-rooted dedication to upholding conservative principles and values. Get more on our website. 
The 23rd annual Black Swamp Classic Golf Outing was held at the Finley Country Club. This year's event hosted more than 50 teams from local organizations and raised more than $310,000 to be divided equally between the Finley YMCA, the Putnam County YMCA, and the Braden Kramer Foundation. Funds will be used to support programs and initiatives to improve health, wellness, and character of youth in the community. Get more details in the story on our website. Remember, you can always get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. So before we do anything else uh, this morning, I want to talk about this because the forecast is calling for a quick return to autumn weather as the weekend approaches. Cooler today than it has been the past couple of days. And by the time the weekend gets here, we're talking about temperatures in the 50s and 60s into the early part of next week. Lows dipping down into the low 40s, so autumn kind of settling in here. And uh, over the past couple of weeks, we have sort of beaten it into your head that it is time to prepare for the season of respiratory illnesses. You're probably actually getting tired of hearing us talk about it, but with health experts expecting another early triple whammy of flu and COVID and RSV going around, the sooner you prepare, the better. And again, as we get this transition over the next couple of days. It brings the past couple of days. Uh, nobody's thinking about autumn and flu season and all of that because it's almost 90 degrees. But now, suddenly we get into autumn again, and it's time to think about this if you haven't taken care of it yet. Nicholas Mara is with us. He is a registered pharmacist with a CVS. And Nicholas, obviously, getting your flu shot is the first and most important line of defense. What are some of the common misconceptions about the annual flu vaccine. Yeah, so the annual flu vaccine, a common misconception, the flu vaccine cannot give you the flu. So I want to make sure that your listeners do hear that and, and really get that into their head as well. Uh, flu shots are made with either an inactivated virus or proteins from the flu virus that train your immune system to create antibodies to the influenza virus. Uh, common side effects can include soreness, tenderness, or swelling in the injection site area. Headache, fever, nausea, muscle aches, and or fatigue might be possible as well. These side effects might begin soon after you get the shot and usually resolve on their own in a few days and are generally pretty mild. Uh, serious allergic reactions to flu vaccines are very rare. A lot of times people will misconstrue the side effects as actually getting the illness, which is not correct. So basically what you are experiencing, if you've had that happen to you, is your the reaction to your body building up those antibodies to fight off the real thing, right? Yeah, you could say that. You know, the people people get a reaction to a, a chemical signal in the body called interferon. Mm. So that is the thing that makes you kind of feel tired and fatigued. Now, obviously, CVS, one place to go to get the flu shot, of course. We'll get the plug in there. But what about the, the latest COVID vaccine and booster and the uh, RSV vaccine for adults? Do you have all of them available? Yes, we have the new RSV vaccine. We also have the new COVID-19 vaccines that have just recently been approved. Uh, patients can visit CVS.com or the CVS Pharmacy app to schedule an appointment and are encouraged to schedule other vaccines during that single appointment to ensure optimal protection. And uh, there is no problem with getting all three at the same time in the, in the, in the same visit? Nope. See, the, the CDC did just update the language that says that you can get the COVID-19 flu and RSV vaccine on one visit. Okay, but they are, in fact, three different inoculations there. It's not all uh, combined into one. 
that uh, that adult RSV vaccine that we mentioned, that one is actually new. What should people know about that? Sure. So older adults are at greater risk for serious complications from the RSV. Uh, RSV stands for respiratory syncytial virus. Uh, the immune system weakens as you age, so you might be a little bit more at risk as you get older. Uh, the vaccine is new, and it's for adults 60 years and older. And, uh, of course, we would be remiss if we mentioned that even the best vaccines are, are no guarantee that you won't get the sniffles at some point over the winter with a lot of things going around. What other resources can help folks navigate this respiratory illness season? Yeah, the first and best resource is your pharmacist. They have the skills and the knowledge to recommend medications, over-the-counter treatments, and supplements to help support your health during the respiratory illness season. Uh, the Severs Pharmacy app is also another good place to find your over-the-counter cold and flu symptom relief support products, your immune system support supplements, and disinfecting cleaning products to keep your family healthy. All very important. And again, now is the time to act on this before we uh, see this uh, early spike of uh, flu and COVID and RSV that the experts are expecting. Again, Nicholas Mara is registered pharmacist with CVS. Where do we get more information? Sure. Uh, one of the best spots to get information is the CDC website. They have important facts about vaccines and protecting yourself during the flu season. Nicholas, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Chris, thanks so much. Have a great day. So now to our cover story this morning. The race for the 83rd Ohio House District is officially on with the first announced Republican candidate for that seat being an Army veteran and political newcomer, Ty Matthews, who is uh, with us in the studio this morning. And Ty, thanks very much for uh, dropping by. We appreciate it. Yep. Good morning. Thanks for having me, Chris. Um, so as we were talking a little bit before we went on the air, last 24 hours has been, I would imagine, something of a whirlwind for you. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's been a great experience thus far and looking forward to, you know, continuing down the campaign trail. So uh, for those who uh, maybe uh, don't know you again, because a uh, political new t- newcomer, um, you are an Arlington High School grad, uh, as I mentioned, a uh, number of years in the U.S. Army out of of high school. In fact, you are still in the National Guard, right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, so I'm a lifelong district resident, right? I grew up in Arlington, uh, graduated from Arlington High School in 2013, and I'm also an Army veteran, still currently in the service with nine years, and most recently just got back from Iraq from a eight-month deployment where I served as a battle captain in Union 3 Iraq. So that's stationed in Baghdad there. Mm-hmm. And I'm also a conservative, and that's where I, you know, I live my life by three principles. And if you see my logo, there's three stars. And those three stars stands for God, country, and family. So was running for office always part of the plan? Or what led you to decide you wanted to get into politics? Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I wouldn't say it was always part of the plan. You know, I take my life, you know, step by step and see, you know, what God has for me. And you know, this past year being in Iraq, having a lot of time to think of my future plans, you know, mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time in prayer, uh, talking to a lot of mentors, and yeah, decided to go for it. Why this office? I mean, this is a, a pretty, a lot of times when newcomers will get into the political re- arena, they'll start in the on the local level, maybe mayor or city council or county commissioner or what have you. Uh, why this particular office? Yeah, I, I appreciate that question. You know, when I was in Iraq, I was thinking a lot on you know, the Constitution, and you know, there's a phrase, you know, to secure, secure our liberties for ourselves and to our posterity. 
And that word posterity, we don't really even use in our vocabulary any, anymore. And that means for the future generations. And when I was eyeing this, you know, I was looking at, you know, how, how are we really preparing our future generations in this you know, nation, you know, our, our state and our community? And I believe, you know, running for state representative is where I can truly make that impact. It is a bit of an unusual situation in that you are challenging an incumbent uh, for this particular seat. Uh, so naturally, the, the questions become, do you feel that there's been ineffective or inadequate representation in some way uh, in the, the current representation of this uh, district seat? Yeah, you know, I'm not going to sit here and bash my opponent by any means, but I believe our district deserves a choice, right? Uh, as a Republican uh, and, uh, you know, the lover of the free market, I believe, you know, competition, competition breeds excellence, right? And that saying right there is why I'm running. You know, I believe our district deserves a choice and you know, hopefully I present that, uh, that option. Um, you talk about uh, the fact that you are a conservative Republican. The Republican Party right now uh, is something of uh, – is somewhat fractured. I mean, there are certain factions of uh, conservatism uh, that are represented in today's Republican Party. What is your form or your definition of conservatism? Yeah, that's a loaded question, you know, and I'll yeah. try to tackle that as yeah. you know quickly as I can, right? Uh, to me, you know, conservatism means, you know, boiling it down is, you know, I'm not against progress or change. I just need some facts to back that, right? Also, you know, going back to the, the factions in the party, right? You know, I was listening to a, a church sermon just this past Sunday and spoke speaking on unity, right? And many times in the church, you know, we look at unity and you see we have these little disagreements and it you know, causes church splits. You know, and, and the pastor pointed out, you know, unity doesn't mean that we have to agree on everything, right? Mm -hmm. But we have that common goal that we can look forward to and work together. And I believe that's what we as a party need to get back to, looking towards that common goal, our ideals, and not individuals, and focus on policy and not politics, because I believe that's what's really tearing apart not only the Republican Party, but also our nation. Mm -hmm. um, so do you consider yourself, and again, uh, this is a bit loaded, but I think it's important because uh, there is so much focus on the, the different, I don't want to say degrees of conservatism, but different uh, uh, factions of this, uh, aligning yourself more with the uh, moderate conservatives, mainline traditional conservative uh, uh, part of the party, or more the further right, the Jim Jordans, the you know that uh, section of the party, yeah, Matt Gates's that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and currently in the House right now, it's watching what Jim's doing is, you know, very interesting. And, you know, I'm a big Jim Jordan fan, mm -hmm. you know, but I also, you know, I respect, you know, every, you know, section of, of the party, right? And that's, that's where I, you know, I, I don't believe we should, we need to start focusing, for, focusing on these ideals rather than, you know, a faction, right? So mm -hmm. I would say, I yes, I am a conservative, right? Yeah. But I also, you know, I really don't want to alienate anyone or any part of the party, right? I believe we need to start working together to get the job done. What do you bring to the table? Again, as we mentioned, this is a, uh, a seat where we have uh, a, a known quantity that currently holds, known quantity of Republican that currently holds the seat. What do you bring to the table that is uh, unique and that uh, that is unique to your particular candidacy? 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just looking, if you, anyone has any more questions or you want to see my background, please visit my website at newmatthews4ohio.com. My resume is up there a little bit, what I've done in the past. But, you know, I have a high level of integrity and I, I pride myself on that. You know, I, I will look you in the eye and I will tell you how I'm going to vote and how I will act in Columbus. And, you know, looking at my you know, previous experience, just coming back from Iraq, you know, mm-hmm. being a veteran and having this le- these leadership skills, I ble- believe I really bring that to the table, you know, a, a new look at the future of the party, right? Your biggest challenge is probably going to be name recognition. Um, a lot of folks in Hancock County know you, but again, the district includes Hardin County, parts of Logan County. Is that why you jumped in the race this early? Yeah, you know, it takes a lot of hard work, you know, and that's what I'm going to do. I look forward to earning the vote and going door to door, doing all the hard work. Yeah, you'll start seeing me around the county and around the district a lot more. Again, I was gone for the past year, right, being in Baghdad. <laughs> you know, just recently returned August 14th and, you know, really looking at plugging back into the community and, you know, seeing each and every one of you guys on on the campaign trail. Wasting no time uh, in uh, coming back and and getting involved. Again, uh, Ty Matthews is a candidate for the 83rd Ohio House District seat. And uh, we've got a link up to uh, his campaign website at our webpage, goodmornings.net, if you want to learn more. Ty, we appreciate you dropping by and uh, sharing some thoughts with us. We appreciate it. Thank you very much, Chris. Now, the Good Mornings Community and Business Spotlight. Once again in the spotlight this morning, the Ohio Northern University's Center for Corporate Engagement. Joining us from ONU is Carol Turchik once again, and also Kendra Lenz from Romark, who we'll speak to in just a moment. But Carol, for those who weren't here, what, I guess a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about this, what is the Center for Corporate Engagement? Kind of give us the Reader's Digest overview, if you could. Absolutely. So the Center for Corporate Engagement is the professional development arm of Ohio Northern University. So we are a center that focuses on businesses and workplace development and the workforce in Central Ohio. And this seems to be a trend. A lot of uh, schools are uh, launching these types of uh, programs. Why? What's the uh, what's the big attraction for uh, institutions such as Ohio Northern with uh, something like this? Yeah, it's a way for the university to give back to the community and use the strengths that they already have to develop leaders in the workplace. Um, they start with students, and then we continue on for kind of lifelong learning. Um, and then we also... Um, really use it as a revenue generator. So when somebody supports um, this kind of development for their employees, they're also investing in future leaders and future employees through the university. Now, you have a class that is coming up beginning next week uh, at Romark uh, on uh, managers is uh, manager essentials. Uh, what is this all about? Yeah, so our manager essentials certificate is an opportunity for companies to send those maybe two or three or four people they really want to provide that toolbox for mm-hmm. for their managers. So it will look at things like. Uh, managing conflict, how to have conversations, and just really what it means to be an authentic manager and to to take that role on and make an impact within the company. And again, uh, Kendra, you're hosting this at Romark. Uh, Talk about the importance of, you know, this type of continuing education uh, for managers within your organization. 
Yeah, it's super important. So how this kind of came about is we uh, we have a Tall Timbers uh, Park meeting with the HR folks. And, you know, Carol and uh, a few folks from Ohio Northern came and we just started talking about the need and, and developing employees. And it just kind of happened that they have a program already in place and a certificate. And so we started creating our list of employees that we wanted to send to it. And we actually had to scale it back. So, um, you know, I think there's a lot of excitement around having it and you know even hosting it so we're we're super excited to uh to have ohio northern and a lot of our um you know park uh, members come to the manager's essentials class and talk about the importance of or the um significance for companies like romark to have this sort of partnership because this is Frankly, this is training that you could do on your own. What is the advantage for you in partnering with the center? So they've already got a program already designed, and it's it's it seems to be successful and working well. So you, don't have you know, to so the wheel. we don't have to re- reinvent the wheel. And yeah, we could hire an outside company to come in, but we would probably spend a lot more money than what we're what we're doing and sure. in investing. But investing employees is super important, and you know, this is something that you know they've already got uh, in place. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you mentioned, uh, Carol, uh, folks can earn certificates and. Uh, obviously, that's uh, very beneficial. That becomes um, uh, something desirable for the employees themselves. Absolutely, that. absolutely. It makes them feel very um, equipped yeah. and um, proud, frankly, to have a micro-credential in this very space. Now, for this, uh, this is at Romark, but it's it's open uh, to others other than Romark, right? Absolutely. So, as Kendra mentioned, there is um, the HR people from the industrial park have gotten together, and they're all... Um, deciding who to send, but we do have open spots for anybody in the area that may want to send a couple people to the program. And how would uh, folks investigate or learn more about that opportunity? Sure, they can um, email us at cce.onu.edu or go to our website, which is www.cce.onu.edu. And uh, Kendra, is this the first uh, partnership with the uh, center that you've uh, done at Romark? Yep. So, um, obviously, if this goes well, probably looking at more yes, of these types absolutely, of Yes, absolutely, absolutely. We've got a list of people that we would love to, you know, go into the next cohort. And if a company, uh, Carol, is is looking to partnership or learn more about these types of partnerships, uh, how do they go about that? Absolutely. They can um, email us at that same address, which is cce okay. at onu.edu, which I think is on your website as well. And um, just give us a, a call or... or Send us an email and we'd love to meet and see what the needs are. Again, uh, Carol Turchik of the Center for Corporate Engagement at Ohio Northern University. Kendra Lentz from Romark. Thank you both for dropping by. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. The Community and Business Spotlight is a promotional advertisement paid for by the featured sponsor. Information that makes a difference. Good mornings with Chris Oaks on 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com and 95.5 FM. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. A man officiating a wedding in Denton, Nebraska, is now facing charges after he accidentally shot his 12-year-old grandson during the ceremony. (laughs) How in the world does that happen, you might ask? Well, that was what I wanted to know. So here is the story. 
According to police, Michael Gardner was officiating the wedding, Denton, Nebraska, when he attempted to shoot a revolver into the air, both to get the guest's attention and, in his words, start the wedding with a bang. (laughs) Well, unfortunately, the gun slipped and he ended up shooting his grandson in the shoulder. Uh, We can laugh about it because uh, the injury is non-life-threatening. Everybody's going to be okay, but still. (laughs) Mr. Mr. Gardner is facing uh, charges in the incident. And, uh, you know, they say every wedding has a story. Something is going to go wrong at your wedding. (laughs) But I don't think that's necessarily what you uh, anticipate. I mean, there's there's no way you could... Uh, figure that something like that is going to happen. Twelve-year-old kid's going to get sh- shot to uh, kick off the uh, the nuptials uh, there. <laughs> oh my! Um, I'm guessing that uh, Mr. Gardner will not be officiating any more wedding ceremonies anytime soon. I would hope not, anyway. So. This is a weird story. A very strange event kicked off mating season for about 3,000 crocodiles in Australia. (laughs) I saw the headline and I thought, well, now this is going to be interesting. Apparently, a low-flying military helicopter set the crocs off. Uh, John Lever of the Kurana Crocodile Farm said the males were sent into a frenzy when a Chinook helicopter flew over the farm. <laughs> all, all of the big males, he said, got up and roared, bellowed up at the sky, and then after the helicopters left, they suddenly were mating like mad. Researcher Cameron Baker said the sound of the chopper may have been similar to the call of a competing male, which could have prompted the crocodiles to uh, <clears throat> take action, as it were. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> Again, very unexpected, I think. Um, this is uh, kind of unusual in the uh, broken news. Um, in California, a book club, the... Uh, I don't know the name of the uh, book club is. A book club in California has finally finished their single novel. Uh, the, the one book that they have been studying for 28 years. One book in this book club for 28 years. Finnegan's Wake by James Joyce. Jerry Fialka started the club in 1995 in Venice, California. The club lasted through lockdown by switching to Zoom meetings rather than in-person gatherings. And the club read the book one page at a time and discussed the very last page this past Tuesday. Mr. Fialka claimed it took two hours to finish a single page. That's what they say. On average, the group covered two pages a month for 28 years studying one book. And by the way, the next book that the club will cover, Finnegan's Wake by James Joyce. They're going to start over again. Mr. Fialka says it is a cyclical book. It never ends. And besides, I would imagine that some people 
uh, weren't around 28 years ago when they started. It's kind of like, you know, painting the Golden Gate Bridge. There are people, uh, I'm told, that that is their entire career, is they paint the Golden Gate Bridge. By the time they get to the end, the first part needs repainting again. So they just go over and over and over again. This is sort of the same thing. One book. One book, 28 years. Wow. Um, that's some intense studying right there. You know, just kind of odd. Uh, speaking of uh, California and the city of San Francisco specifically, have you ever wondered, I thought this was interesting, uh, have you ever wondered just how much money a parking meter can rake in for a city? A single parking meter uh, in San Francisco uh, in the Marina District collected last year about $17,000 in the year ending in September is from September of last year through September of this year, $17,000 in revenue for the city of San Francisco. Now it should be pointed out that uh, this, which is the uh, most lucrative parking meter in San Francisco is located about 12 blocks down the road from the famously zigzagging Lombard street. Uh, which is one of those tourist attractions everyone wants to see when they go to San Francisco. So it charges 10 bucks an hour during the week to park. 10 bucks an hour uh, during, the, uh, during the week. That is, wow, $10 an hour. Everything is so darned expensive in California. That's crazy. But uh, amazing, $17,000 in revenue for the city. Couple of other items here in the uh, broken news, the odd and unusual side of the headlines. Police in Hazelwood, Missouri, have arrested they man they uh, have arrested a man they say is charged with breaking into a home and stealing a margarita from the refrigerator, all while the homeowner was in the hospital. That's nice. The homeowner spotted the intruder on uh, his home security camera and called police. They arrived while the suspect was still. <laughs> holding the margarita that he had stolen <laughs> out of the refrigerator. He is identified as Torian Bronner from uh, Berkeley, nearby Berkeley, uh, Missouri. He is charged with misdemeanor stealing and felony burglary. Felony burglary for stealing a margarita. Wow. What would Jimmy Buffett think? <laughs> felony. So there must have been some good margaritas. And finally... In the broken news this morning, a Florida resident is uh, now facing possibly a year's imprisonment as federal prosecutors allege he amassed a stash of uh, Viagra with the intent to distribute it. (laughs) It amassed a a stash of ED medications with the intent to distribute Reginald Kinser age 77, reportedly obtained over $1,800 worth of the drugs without a a legitimate prescription from a licensed physician. Uh, The uh, charges stem from a 2018 search of Mr. Kinser's Orlando residence by the Department of Homeland Security, during which the unapproved medications were discovered. Uh, What I'm a little unclear on, and the uh, story does not clarify this at all, is why... The drug-related charges are surfacing now if the raid was in 2018. Uh, A trial, though, is slated for November where Mr. Kinser could face a federal prison sentence of up to one year and a maximum fine of $10,000. 
is illegal distribution of these Viagra uh, medicines, these ED meds. Hey, want to buy some Viagra? Uh, beware of anybody who wants to uh, sell you some uh, Viagra on the street. I think I would be uh, as well. It just doesn't seem uh, fair, though, to be facing one year uh, in prison. That's that's a pretty stiff fine, yes. Um, <laughs> that is today's broken news report. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming before I get myself into trouble. Did you know more than 80 million Americans depend on AM radio for their news, traffic, weather, sports, and a community connection? AM radio is the backbone of the emergency alert system, keeping Americans safe in dangerous times. This is News Director Matt Demchek. AM 1330 WFIN is here to serve you, and we take seriously our commitment to our listeners. We would love to hear what you value most about AM radio. Visit wearebroadcasters.com and tell us how you depend on AM. Time now for your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. New survey, new research finds that the average parent has a whopping 190 parenting wins every single year. If you think about that, when was the last time you had a true parenting win moment? 190 parenting wins every single year. Unfortunately, they also have... 218 cave-ins each year. So how many times have you caved to your kids as a parent? Um, The top three wins for parents, according to this uh, research study, the top three parenting wins are when your kid takes care of their own hygiene. (laughs) You You no longer have to harp on them to take a shower or brush their teeth or whatever. Uh, 16% consider that uh, a, a top win, a uh, top parenting win. Uh, when your child gets dressed in time for school on his or her own, 15% cite that as one of the big parenting wins. And uh, 14% say when, you, when your kids eat their fruits and vegetables. <laughs> That's uh, the biggest parenting win for 14% of the uh, folks in the study. So those are the uh, top three. The top three cave-ins, on the other hand. Um, and this is kind of interesting because all three of the cave-ins are, have higher percentages than the top three wins. Uh, the top cave-ins are letting your kids eat the foods and snacks that they want. You ever caved in? We've got Halloween coming up. So that's a big time for parenting cave ins. 21% say they let their kids eat the food and snacks that they want. Uh, that's a big cave in. Letting them have dessert before dinner was 18%. And giving your kids a device to play with during mealtime. Ooh, that's a big cave in. Uh, 17%. Uh, cite that as one of the top cave-ins. Not so much just giving them a device to play with, but giving them a device to play with during mealtime. Mm, that's a cave-in, and you don't want to set that precedent. But interesting that all three of those cave-ins had higher percentages than the parenting wins, which probably goes back to that parenting record of 190 wins and 218 losses or cave-ins. 
kind of interesting stuff there. How does uh, your record compare to uh, that study? Well, as we were mentioning a little bit earlier, with cooler weather on tap for the weekend, it's almost as if Mother Nature herself knew that it must be time for the 36th annual Christmas in October craft show. Judy Cloud is with us on the line this morning. Judy, thanks very much for uh, taking the time. Everybody always looks forward uh, to this uh, every year. Could you have imagined when you started that 36 years later you'd still be doing the uh, craft show? You know what? It's, that's just a hard question to answer, but I'm happy that I still am doing it. Yes, <laughs> I've been through a lot of things over that 36 years, but no question. Yeah, it's amazing how this has grown too. I, I would imagine. I mean, obviously, when this started more than three decades ago, uh, mm-hmm. it it wasn't as big as it is now. Is that maybe the biggest? Uh, I mean, when you look back, uh, comparing the the show now versus what it was all those years ago the the biggest thing that strikes you well i guess um having so many buildings and there's been a lot of changes at the fairgrounds so we've mm-hmm. added you know different buildings from you know there was always a plan with what was there but now there's been yeah. a lot of changes with what is now there so um yeah, it's grown immensely since, well, yeah, 36 years ago. 36 years ago. Um, so it says here uh, over 280 exhibits, and they come in from all over Ohio and even beyond. Um, yeah, we have some from uh, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Indiana, um, Kentucky, I can't think of all of them right now. So, <laughs> so many. Yeah. Well, that just uh, speaks to uh, how wide-ranging this is because uh, there's too many to keep track of. Uh, so the point being that these are a lot of unique things that you're not going to find in too many other places. Um, no, because the people that do travel in and just um, local people, you know, local Ohio and all of that, mm-hmm. um, they're constantly changing what they're doing to keep up with the you know, the current yeah. times and, and some of them have a very unique product that is something that it doesn't change, but it's that unique that they can, you know, yeah. Well, and and that's what I know. I always love uh, going to see what is what is new, what is unique. uh, Some of the new ideas. There's always new stuff, and uh, we call it Christmas in October. Obviously, it's an opportunity to get uh, some early Christmas shopping done, but it's not just uh, Christmas themed stuff. We want to make sure that people know that as well. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, it's got a wide variety of things from, you'll even find fall decor, of course, since we're going to be starting into fall here mm-hmm. and Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, but then there's much more that's not just holiday themed type, uh, yeah. you know, exhibits at the show. So from the jewelry to, um, you know, furniture to, well, there's just so many different things that are just 
ideas and things too for uh christmas shopping yeah absolutely start early yeah uh i i we never fail to find something for because everybody has that person on their list that's impossible to buy for and it never fails that uh at the show we will find something that will be perfect so um how how long does it take to plan out for this show again with so many exhibits uh, exhibitors and people coming in from all over. I would imagine that this is something that you uh, plan for almost year round, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's it's year round, but definitely year round. And I have staff that works, you know, for me. We've got the cloud staff, and it's this year's show, and then we're already working on next year's show. <laughs> to be honest, it's it's never it's. It's never it's ending. It's a cycle. It's, it's never ending. It's yeah. never ending. Definitely. <laughs> so, so the show itself is uh, coming up this weekend. Give us all of the uh, pertinent details here that folks will need to know. Okay. Well, um, you can. One of the things you could do is go to our website, which is www.cloudshows.biz, and that's B-I-Z, and that'll give you more information. You can also see our show news. Um, by going to the website, and it will come up where you can view that. Mm -hmm. And that gives you maps and things like that of the fairgrounds and all the buildings because they are spread out. And then um, the show hours, for we have an early bird, which is from 8 to 10, and that's on Saturday only. And you can get those tickets. Those have to be purchased online. and then the regular tickets, the general mission is from 10 to 5, and Sunday is 11 to 4. And um, you can get those online, or you can get those at the gate. And it's, it is helpful getting them online, because all you have to do is show your phone, or if you print your ticket, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, Just, but it, it's helpful for that part. It makes things move along a little faster as well. So yeah, speeds uh, speeds things along, makes it a lot easier to uh, get in and out. And uh, again, uh, this is all happening at the uh, Hancock County Fairgrounds, and it is uh, it, it is mostly in the buildings. I know there are some uh, exhibitors that are outside, though, right? Yeah, there's uh, probably about. A couple dozen, 18 okay. to a couple dozen, but then we have all our food vendors. Right. And there's lots of food, and yeah. that you don't want to miss either. Absolutely. Um, and those are down to pretty much the middle. There's some on each one of the sides as okay. well, but... Yeah, you can you can spend the yeah. whole you can spend the whole day, uh, no question. Exactly, get uh, uh, food and and everything. I I just mentioned that because again, it is rain or shine. It is going to be a little bit cooler this weekend, so folks who want to plan most of the stuff, like we said, is uh, are in the various buildings. Uh, but uh, there are some uh, outdoor uh, vendors as well uh, that are part of this, and as you mentioned, the food. So just again with the weather. Uh, forecast being what it is for the weekend again it's perfect though it is going to feel very much like autumn you know put folks in the mood christmas in october happening this weekend at the hancock county fairgrounds and uh, again judy cloud with us this morning look forward to another great show judy thanks very much for taking the time we appreciate it oh thank you very much for getting me on here and i (laughs) i very much appreciate that and look forward to seeing everyone 
And that will finish up our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program, of course. And remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the show at our webpage. Head on over to goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow on the program, getting close to the playoffs, preview week number eight of high school football, plus a collection of easy Italian recipes from Kyra's Kitchen. So until tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. We'll catch you back here tomorrow.